Um, Brothers and sisters, before we, we start, I, I, I wish everybody could, could, could join me. Um, Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We may take our seats, brothers and sisters. Father, we come before you indeed. For Father, this is about your work. It is about your children. It is about your church, Father. So, Lord, it is my desire this morning that, Lord, as I share some nuggets, some thoughts with your children, Father, may indeed the words of my mouth and the meditations that I've had in my heart be acceptable before you and Father may all of these bring fame, honor and glory to your name and Father may your children may your children Father Lord come to see your light and Father may your children Father all of us may we embrace your truth Father we pray out to you Father in Jesus name Amen Brothers and sisters um, Today, I want to share a story that most of you know. Um, the title of the message is Outnumbered. Just that, Outnumbered. Brothers and sisters, um, I'll steal from somebody a joke. It is not a joke, but you know, it actually, this is intended to tell a message. It is said there was a company um, that was interviewing. They were looking for workers. And um, big marketing company. And then some people came in. And when they came in, the first person came in and they said to the person, um, our interviews are very short. So uh, your first question is, two plus two. And the guy said, oh, easy, four. And they said, thank you very much. We will not be needing your services. And then another person came in and they said, same question, two plus two. And uh, the guy said, ah, there must be a trick somewhere here. And he said, eh, it's somewhere between three and five. And they said, ah, no, no, no. Uh, wait a moment. Um, we might revert back to you. And then a third person, or the third person came in and they said, two plus two. And the guy said, what do you want it to be? And they said, you are hired. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, sounds like a story, but unfortunately, this is a reality that we faced with today, especially in the faith. M maybe I need to indicate that uh, it may become a bit uncomfortable, especially, you know, for, 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 for those who do not spend time digging into the word of God for themselves. You see, if you dig into the word of the Lord for yourself on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or continually, it will be okay. 
Brothers and sisters, two Sundays ago, not this past Sunday, two Sundays ago, if you remember, we were taught about discernment. When you go through scriptures, the issue of discernment, I hope that Mukwena will continue with this teaching into the future because it is a very, very important thing. There is a gift of discernment. And when you go into the book of Romans and you read about murderers, thieves, uh, adulterers, and, um, you know, one other sin that is mentioned there is undiscernment. I was shocked when I read that, that, you know, not discerning can actually be clubbed together with those things. Now, brothers and sisters, um, After I was asked to, 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 to preach today or to teach, I don't know whether I'm a teacher or a preacher, but I know when I'm in the street, I'm an evangelist. But here, I'm not sure what my role is. Um, I said, um, should I continue talking about uh, discernment or uh, w w what should I do, you know? Uh, but anyway, I'm persuaded otherwise, you know. I will not talk about discernment. Um, and, you know, when I wrote my notes, I said, maybe I should say uh, the Lord told me to deal with the matter in this way. And obviously, you know, that is a joke. Because anything that the Lord tells me does not come here. It comes from here. Everything that the Lord tells me comes from here, not here, not in my head. Brothers and sisters, the book of Hebrews, it's not, it's not part of the script. The book of Hebrews, the first chapter, tells us that in olden days, in the days past, the Lord spoke to us through the prophets. And then later, and in, until today, the Lord spoke to us or speaks to us, spoke to us through his son, through his word. So, brothers and sisters, anything that the Lord is going to speak to you about, anything, it will have to come from these words. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Right. Um, have we dealt with the discomfort now? Let's hope so. Now, family, my, the, 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 the intention today is to give you a bit of warning signs. Um, that's number one. And the second thing is, I want to invite you into some guard rails. You, you remember some years ago, you remember we, we did a series on guard rails when we had Pastor Frank in the church. So brothers and sisters, I want to give you, to remind you of a few guard rails, well, obviously from a different tech, from a different, um, from a different angle. You know, family, we, we are living in an era where um, the truth, the truth of the word of God specifically has become relative. And brothers and sisters, the truth can never be relative. The truth will always be absolute. The truth will always be absolute. Now, as we start with, as, before we dig into the word of God, here is one thing that I would love to encourage you with. The first scripture we will find will be from the book of 2 Timothy, the second chapter, the 15th verse. Um, it, says, it says, study 
to show or to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So brothers and sisters, we are today going to be to divide this word of truth. Brothers and sisters, I would like us to remember this. In the book of John chapter 17, verse 17, the Lord Jesus Christ says, thy word is truth. So brothers and sisters, today, although the title of today's message is outnumbered, I would like us to remember that God's truth will remain absolute. His word is truth. And remember, because we call ourselves Christians, it means we are following Christ. And Christ has said, I am the way and what? The truth. So it is important that the truth becomes part of our character, that the truth becomes part of our nature. You see, as I said, we, we, we've moved away from accepting and embracing the truth as is, you know. Well, maybe I need to get into the text that I want us to read, um, which is uh, the book of First um, Kings, the 22nd chapter. Now it reads as follows. Um, well, please bear with me, it's a long read because my wish is that we read the entire chapter. But uh, I know I sometimes stutter, so you know I may not finish the entire chapter. Um, now, now it says, now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Maybe let me give a bit of background here into this. Now three years have passed. Now. Here's a bit of background or some story or some history behind this. You see, there had been previous wars between Israel and Syria. Um, I, th I think other versions call it Aram. Am I correct? Somebody that's got a Bible that says Aram? Some, some versions say Aram. Now, or, or the Arameans or Aramites, whatever word is used, but, you know, the Syrians. So, you see, there had been battles between Syria and the children of Israel. Not the children of Judah, right? We will come to that as well. Between the children of Israel and the, and the Syrians. Now, <clears throat> the children of Israel won the first round of the battle. And the reason, okay, their king was Ahab, the children of Israel. Their king was Ahab. And he won. He was a bad king. He was a horrible king. And if you go through the book of 1 Kings, we are told that Ahab was actually the worst king that Israel had ever had or ever had. He was the worst king. But God allowed him to defeat the Syrians. Now, how can God allow such a horrible king to defeat the Syrians? The reason was because the Syrians trusted in their numbers. They had a lot of people. They had a lot of warriors. They trusted their numbers. And God said, I will vanquish them. So the Lord allowed this horrible Israeli king to destroy the Syrians. Now, 
The Syrians regrouped. And they said, no, 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 no. There's a song that Bazal wanted to love. It says something, I'm not a good singer. Uh, but it says, don't worry, I will not sing. I might damage your ears. You know, there's a song that says, he's the God of the mountains, he's the God of the... You remember that song? Ah, yes. And there's a scripture that speaks to that day. Now, when the Syrians had been defeated because they fought uphill, they said, no, man, you see, they defeated us because their God is the God of the mountains. So we must go to battle with them in the valley. And God again allowed Ahab, this horrible king, to win the battle. Where? In the valleys. You see, it was not about Ahab and the Israelites. It was about God. It had nothing to do with the children of Israel. Now, three years had gone past. Now, with three years having gone past uh, without any war, uh, please indulge me. They just loved war. They just loved wars. Now, the second verse. Th then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. You see, there's Judah, there's Israel. Church, Judah, Israel, same WhatsApp group, but different belief systems. Um, can I ask you to just go read the Old Testament like a story, and then you'll understand some of these things. So I will not go into that, right? But these two groups, Israel and Judah, they both came from Egypt, right? They were all... They were all um, uh, sh sh shall we say Mandela, you know, from Egypt into the promised land. But along the way, they were split. Now, so Jehoshaphat, right, he left. Sorry, he came to visit uh, King Ahab, the king of Israel. Now, here starts trouble. You see, um, in Sipedi, I think Kemuhozi, in Shisonga, in Masebe, you know, um, a, um, Jeho Jehoshaphat's son had actually married into Ahab's family. He had married, can you believe it, Jezebel's daughter. Can you imagine that? He had married Jezebel's daughter. You, you, you see, people, love, you know, for peace's sake, many nations, you know, um, because, you know, I think the Maquarellas might give me trouble, I would go marry into their family so that we become relatives, so we won't fight. And then when my children have children, um, because them Tombenis might give me problems, I'll get my grandchild to go marry them Tombenis. So, you know, we are related. And then because the Muhudis uh, might give us problems, um, I will get my daughter. You know, I have many daughters. And you only have sons. I will get one of my daughters, you know, to go entice one of your sons. And then they, 
and then they met, you know, I marry into your family. So we become related by blood. So there is little wars that go on. So you see, these were the strategies that the people used. Now, brothers and sisters, this is how people lived their lives. Now, Jehoshaphat came to visit the king of Judah. And the third verse tells us, and the king of Israel said to his servants, Jehoshaphat comes to visit. Now he, he decides to bring another issue up. He says, do you know that Ramoth in Gilead, which that is Ramoth Gilead, right? Some, some versions say Ramoth Gilead, is ours. But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight Ramoth Gilead? I'm coming to visit you, and you tell me, look, let's go and fight the Muhodis, man. Eh? How, how is that? You know? So, um, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Can you imagine? I am swearing, you know, I am making a declaration. I'm, take, I'm making a vow on such a serious issue. And you know, Jehoshaphat knew that war was not just about war. God needed to be involved in all wars. But you see, look, if, if you read the same text in the book of Second Chronicles, you'll realize that in fact, there was a huge bribe happening there, you see. They probably were also drunk when they came to this decision. And um, so they decided, yeah, you know, we, we, we are going to, you know, yeah, we, we're going to war. We're going to war with the Syrians. Now, after saying that, Jehoshaphat remembers. Uh, and then Jehoshaphat, then, okay, the fifth verse. And also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. You see, he agrees to go to war, and after doing that, he realizes, Ish, I made a mistake. Maybe I'm too drunk. So maybe, you know, he wants to take a, to take a step back. As he takes a step back, what happens? He says, oh, you know, his way out was, let us inquire of the Lord. You know, as a rule of thumb, please avoid making decisions at Bryce, especially after some few double thoughts, eh? or a few beers, or a few ciders. Please, do not make decisions, serious national decisions, when you're sitting in such places, right? Now, you see, Jehoshaphat realized that he, need, he, needs, he needs the counsel of the Lord. Now, the seventh, I beg your pardon, in the sixth verse we read this. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, Go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Right? These are the prophets now who are saying, He will deliver it into the hand of the king. Now, let me give you a bit of background. 
we're reading here about 400 prophets. If you go back to chapter 18, same book of First Kings, you will, you will remember that, um, you remember Mount Carmel? Mount Carmel, the prophet Elijah. You remember the prophet Elijah called the prophet of, I call him Baal, you know. Uh, some call it Baal or something like that, but I call it Baal. Now, you see, they are the prophets. Here we're talking about 400 prophets. If you remember, Elijah had invited the prophets of Baal or Baal, and the prophets that ate at, what is that woman's name again? Jezebel's table. He said, he invited them. And Ahab brought his 450 prophets. And those were killed, you remember, by, by Elijah, right? Now, these 400 prophets that are here are the prophets that Jezebel said, my prophets are not going there. So these are those prophets. Are, are, are you with me? Right. Let, let us move on to the sixth verse. Again, may, may, maybe to give proper context, let, let us move to the next slide there. Now, when you go back to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, and Elijah came near to all, the, to all the people and said, how long will you go on limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is your God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even only I, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Brothers and sisters, this is what I would love you to realize. False teachers, false prophets, generally know what you want. They know what you want to hear, so they will always feed you what they know you want to hear. Remember, the king wanted to go to war. What did they say to him? Fight, fight. Go to war. The Lord will, give, will, deliver, will deliver the Syrians into your hands. But, Jehoshaphat, sobered up after he had made that decision. And he said, let us inquire of the Lord. And then the false prophets came. Now, brothers and sisters, this is one thing I have shared with you over the months, over the years, and I've actually been made conscious that actually in the, in the last two, three years, I'm actually sharing this much more with you. But I will continue doing that anyway. Brothers and sisters, these are the last days, and there is no question about that. Let us go back to the book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the third verse. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Brothers and sisters, I'm also tempted now to say Jehoshaphat had been trained or taught well as to, in terms of discernment, because he saw the prophets of Baal, and after he saw them, he asked this question. 
the seventh verse. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire from him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man. Did you get that? There is still one man. Just one. Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. You know, I really wish I could pack and go to town here where he says there is still one man. One is to how many? 400. One is to 400. So clearly, this man is outnumbered. He is outnumbered. Now, let us go to the book of Daniel as well, the fifth chapter. Daniel chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Remember the Mene Mene Tekel Ufarsin story? You remember that story? How? Don't you read your Bibles? The Mene Mene Tekel Ufarsin story. Or Ufarasin. Should I say Ufarasin? You, you see, the prophets of the king of Babylon could not, his wise men and his prophets could not decipher what was written. And the queen said to the king, do not worry, O king. She said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom. Did you get that? There is a man, not there are men, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of, like the, wisdom of the gods, were found in him. Brothers and sisters, my question to you today is, is there still a man that can stand for the gospel? Are you prepared to be that man? Are you prepared to be that woman? This is my question to you. We are outnumbered. People want us to tickle their ears with our words. You know, in some countries, even in this country, ministers of some church, I will not mention churches, names of churches, not that it is unbiblical to mention that because, you know, um, Paul has actually mentioned many people that were opposed to him, that were apostate, but the point I want to drive is, 
there are churches or there have been churches where the ministers or the pastors, priests, were paid by the state. In this case, the prophets were paid or ate at the table of Jezebel and Ahab. The same thing still applies today, brothers and sisters. In the days where the state was in control of churches, if you were to preach something that the state did not want to hear, they would take you off their payroll. I am glad that I am not paid by our church. So I can speak the uncomfortable, you know, because I am not paid by our church. But as long as I remain faithful to the word of God, I am okay. Now, brothers and sisters, you, you, you know, in these last days, we continue to have those itching ears, people that want to hear that which soothes their ears and their minds. So what do they do? They are prepared to pay you so that you can tell them something in the name of the Lord when you do know that it is not from the Lord. Preachers of the true word are outnumbered today. Are you, as a child of God, prepared to be part of those that are outnumbered, but still continue to share the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? That is my question to you. Now, brothers and sisters, to cut the long story short, now, um, then Micaiah was brought in. And then when Micaiah was brought in, verse 9, okay, have we moved on? Uh, verse 9, then the king of Israel called an officer and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imla, quickly. Verse 10, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each on his throne at the threshing floor, at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. You know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about the threshing floor some other time when the Lord permits. Now, the 11th verse. Now, Zedekiah, the son of Chinana, had, had made horns of iron for himself, and he said, Thus, this is, the, this is a false prophet, eh? Thus saith the Lord, with these you will go the Syrians until they are destroyed. And the prophets, and all the prophets prophesied, saying so, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Did you get that word? Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. For the Lord will deliver it into the king's hands. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets, the words of, of the prophets are with one accord, right? Encouraging the king. Do you, are, you, are, you, are you with me? 
they are encouraging the king. Please, let your word be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. Please, go out there and tell lies, basically. I, I, I imagine modern day prophets, you know, with their music in the background. Remember when all of this was happening, you know. Look, these prophets, when they... Maybe we should go back to the earlier chapters in the book of Kings. You see, when these things happen, you know, there's music playing, there's a lot of singing that is happening, you know, to hype people up, to psych people up, so that they cannot discern the truth. But anyway, be that as it may. And then Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? Now, listen to naughty Micaiah. And he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hands of the king. Is, is it, you see, these are the ways that he was told by, by the false prophet. Are, are you with me? Now, so the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you will tell me that you will tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord. You see, in fact, Micaiah was actually pulling his leg. He knew that this is what he wants to hear. Now he realized, uh, uh, no, 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 this is not it. Now he says, um, let us go to verse 17. Then he said, now, now comes the, the correct, the true prophecy, Right? Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have, been, that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, they, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, He hates me. He hates me. He will always prophesy against me. Right? Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one so, one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Did you get that? His prophets. They are not the prophets of the Lord. No, no, they are his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now, Zedekiah, now, this is the chief prophet, eh? Now Zedekiah, the son of Chinana, 
went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micaiah said, indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. So you'll actually be humiliated and you will hide. So the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread and with, feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. Look, Micaiah is outnumbered. There is 400 people saying one thing. Nyandi, you are the only person that is saying something different. Who will people believe? The 400 or you? You are outnumbered. But Micaiah said, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, take heed, all you people. Long story short, Ahab died in the, in the battle. Brothers and sisters, as we conclude, there is a lot that we, we hear on a daily basis. And I believe as children of the Lord, we, we need to be vigilant. We need to be discerning. We need to realize that those who tell the truth are outnumbered. But we will never be able to tell or to recognize those that tell the truth until we study to show ourselves approved before the Lord. And it isn't much that we need to study. I spent, um, you know, several years ago, I sat in a dingy police cell, um, detained, and the only thing I was allowed to read was the Bible. And um, in the 93 days that I spent in in detention, in solitary confinement, I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, from Revelations to Genesis, and from Genesis to Revelations. Um, and the scripture that says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord actually made meaning to me. I got an opportunity to read this. Brothers and sisters, we are outnumbered as the children of the Lord, by false prophets, by false teachers, by those who promise us things. Lebuani made it very clear here, you know, we, we pronounce things and they, they do not happen and, you know, there's a lot of drama. We are outnumbered and for us to be able to know that this is the word of the Lord, this is not the word of the Lord, for us to be able to do that, 
All we need to know, all we need to do is to go through his word. And when we go through his word, we will know when we have false teachers, when we have, when we have false prophets. Unfortunately, the truth has become, has become relative and we, there is more of lies than the truth. Study the word to show yourself approved and you will be fine. You may be outnumbered, but you will be safe. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we thank you that, Lord, even when we are outnumbered, Father, your word remains true. Your word remains the truth. Father, we come before you. We say, Lord God, speak into our hearts. Open our eyes. Open our ears. And, Father, open our ear, the ears of our understanding. Open the eyes of our understanding, Father, so that, Lord, we are able to continue to discern your truth from lies so that, Father, we are able to know your word. So that, Father, we are able to tell who your true preachers are, Father, Lord God. Father, we pray that, Lord God, you will continue to guide us in your word and through your word. We thank you, Father, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.